So last weekend, I'm on my honeymoon, enjoying my time at the pool, 80 degrees, Mexico, margaritas throwing, flowing through my veins. And I look up and there's this fucking seagull just circling my ass and just go get some tacos. It's a great, great day for some tacos and margaritas. Next thing I know, this fucking seagull shits right on my leg, drops right to my leg. I was mid potato bite. I fucking threw that whole plate right in the trash. Guy just straight ruined it. Luckily, it was an all-inclusive. I went right back to the bar and ordered more tacos. Not shitty ones this time. Let's tee it up. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any... Did somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. Did that actually happen? Yes, 100%. Shit right on my fucking ass, dude. It was disgusting. It was like shit fucking particles in my goddamn potatoes. Oh, and in your potato, what, what's a taco and a potato doing together? Well, like they just give you this whole smorgasbord. Okay. We cut this. Probably. Yeah, maybe. Nah, we'll fuck. figure it out. <laughs> what's All up, right. everybody? Welcome <laughs> into this week's edition of Big Drive Energy. I am your host, Spencer Smith at Big Drive Spence. I'm back uh, from said honeymoon. It was a great time. Shout out to our buddy Ryan Konigsberg for stepping in, doing a little big drive energy with Mitch. Uh, left Mitch on an island while I was also semi on an island. So he handled it pretty well. Um, handled it pretty well. I still posted the pod. Uh, I still did all the legwork from my hotel room, but, you know, we got to do what we got to do. We're grinders. We're grinders. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good, dude. I can only do so much. I can't carry the whole podcast, the conversation, and then post it and just do all of it like you're no you Nicole Jokic you can't carry a whole team right yeah I'm more of a double double guy I'm not a triple double kind of guy I I can pad the stat sheet and rebounds and points but uh assists I'm pretty low on I'm kind of more Joel Embiid but I don't flop so anywho uh I'm doing good man I will say I do have a lot of respect for you kind of moderating this thing because I did struggle a little bit at a few points. I don't, I, I don't know if you listen or not, but yeah. Oh, I, I, I tuned in honey P. Yeah. And I kind of was like, uh, uh, like didn't know what to do with my fucking mouth. Uh, like I just a few times where I kind of stumbled a little bit. And so I do respect you doing that. I think I crushed the ad read. I was going to say uh, that the DraftKings ad read, the spot is pon- it, this pod is sponsored by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sports with GAC. And official sports betting partner, and official sports betting partner of all things. Well, yeah, I, th- I feel like I did the read pretty well, but yeah, I, I do have some more respect for you. 
after I did it last week, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of respect there to begin with, but there's a little bit more now. So I was going to say, fuck, that's all it took, but <laughs> God damn, I've been working on this respect for 30 years almost. <laughs> fucking all it took was a goddamn ad read. I guess so. Well, how you're, washed. Your you're so fucking washed. <laughs> I know that's all right. So are you. Uh, what, what was the honeymoon like? How was it? Dude, it was incredible. So my first time ever going to an all-inclusive, uh, my first time going to Mexico, which uh, I know Wait, you let, let everybody know already, um, about all your food allergies. Um, yeah, so I'm pretty much, uh, dairy and gluten-free, uh, when I'm in Colorado, uh, when I'm eating from eating at home or eating at a restaurant, I, uh, the pretty much the only gluten I really ever have is like I'll have beers every once in a while, um, but I'm mostly just Seltzy guy, uh, Breckenridge good company, you know, vodka soda, vodka soda guy, um, vodka soda little crayon. That's our move right now. It's just I'm in that. That is a move. But um, basically, so yeah, I'm basically uh, gluten and dairy free, and on this trip. Every time they asked if we had food allergies, I just straight up said no. I didn't want to be a hassle, and I wanted to enjoy. Uh, I definitely enjoyed a lot of food, a lot of cheese. Um, the last night, had some French onion soup with a whole fucking loaf of bread on top of it that dove into a cheese fucking cheese cave, basically. And Have you had a bowel movement since your honeymoon? Not a good one, no. no. <laughs> not a real... <laughs> yeah, today was like kind of close to back and i've been back since friday so uh it's been a yeah it's been a rough i've watched a lot of tiktok and my legs keep going numb just sitting there for 45 minutes uh, yeah that's probably a lot but you know whatever fuck it um but yeah we i did not follow any dietary restrictions the entire time i was down there i drank my body weight in margaritas which my body weight increased by 10 by the time i left Um, all in all great trip though like i said all inclusive mexico what do you think of mexico um i thought it was all right you know it's always a little scary when you take like a taxi you don't know where they're gonna take you you know hopefully it's just to your destination um i know you have i i did mexico a little bit differently than you why don't we uh why don't we get into that real quick and let the people know kind (laughs) of kind of what happened and and the footsteps that i decided not to follow in because i stayed out of uh, handcuffs the entire trip yeah, I mean, I've been to Cabo once and I don't really plan on ever going back to Mexico because my experience was uh, a little bit shaky. We decided to leave the resort one night after some extracurriculars, plenty to drink, blah, blah, blah. And I, I was blacked out. Like, there's no other way around it. I wasn't coherent. Um, I think I ended up trying to go pee in the middle of the street. And I like kind of came to, I came out of my like brownout blackout when I realized that I was being arrested. I was, my face is fucking pinned up against a cop car. My arms pinned behind my back. I was like, what the fuck's going on? Uh, my buddy had to toss the, the guys a, a few dollars and they, they let me go, but um, I'm pretty much scarred for life. And, just for reference, I've never been arrested in America. Like I never been to jail. I'm, I'm a general law abiding citizen. Um, I don't know. It's probably my fault for thinking that Mexico is just like no rules, like a, a fucking free for all, which it kind of is, but 
It, yeah, it pretty much I, is a free-for-all. I, I think I still took it a little too far. And then actually, so one of our, our Spring Valley employees went down to spring break in Mexico and Cabo, and I said, hey, don't, because they know the story. I was like, hey, don't try pissing in the street. And one of our our employees, James, one of James's buddies, legitimately got put in handcuffs for the same thing and had to pay off the cops. So I was like, if what's that Shakespeare quote? Those who don't learn history are damned to repeat it or something like that. I was like, I fucking told you guys and you didn't listen. Um, so yeah, that's that was my story. But and the food at my resort in Mexico was terrible. Like it was just tragically bad. And it wasn't a bad resort. It was the Rio Santa Fe. Like I think it was it was like three probably between three and four hundred bucks a night. So it wasn't cheap by any means. And uh, the food was just dog shit. I was sick the whole basically, I think I was there for five days in the last three days me and my buddy good buddy logan were both basically in the bathroom for the last three days we were supposed to go on a fishing trip we never made it on our fishing trip because i would have just thrown up the whole time i'm not sure if it was the water the food the booze or any whatever else we ingested but it wasn't a didn't end up being that much fun so i'm gonna i'm gonna stay away from mexico and that's what i warned spencer about but i think you had a much better experience so i'm really happy for you yeah, it honestly, the food was pretty good. Like they had at this resort that I stayed at, we stayed at, it's called the Grand Palladium, but there's four different. I think it's pronounced Palladium. No, Palladium. I heard it a uh, million times. P- believe me. Well, I'm the, pal- I'm, Palladium's, Palladium's actually a real thing. I don't think Palladium's a thing. Well, maybe it's just the way they say it, but. Yeah, who knows? Know, it could be potato, a, potato. Could be a dialect thing. Um, <laughs> but the. Uh, they had like four different resorts on the one resort. And there was like a fucking mini putt. There was a place where you could go see flamingos. There was a place where you could go play soccer, a gym, like basketball. There was a, I bet you hit the gym quite a bit. Like every morning. I, I didn't, I wasn't really into that. Um, <laughs> on a trip. Who goes, who goes to an all inclusive to hit the gym? Fuck me. I don't even go to the gym when I'm at home. <laughs> I sure as fuck ain't paying no grand a night for a fucking gym. <laughs> but no, just like the the place we went and ate breakfast pretty much every morning just because it was a buffet. Like, is there anything better than a breakfast buffet? Like they had fucking raw sushi and dude, Oh my I, god, red flag. No, no dude. Your stomach's fucked. They had it on like ice and shit, dude. It was so like it was so fucking good. <laughs> They just had like sushi and fucking bacon. They probably just pulled it out of the trash can. No, no, it was delicious. And anyways, but yeah, (laughs) then you could go. We went to like, we tried out. They had a French restaurant. We went there. That was the place we went the last night where we had that fucking French onion soup that absolutely buckled me. And then. Put you in a pretzel. And then we had, we went to, there's a steakhouse, which was really good. But dude, the, the most bizarre shit about it there is like, you you order i don't know if it's like this in in just in mexico or an all-inclusive but like when you go out to these meals obviously it's all paid for but you order everything at once so like you order the appetizer then you order the the meal then you order the dessert and you just like gotta spew it out all at once and i think it's maybe because since it's an all-inclusive they're trying to like cycle people through and get as many people in as possible because like the greatest thing was even when it was like a restaurant 
fuck, we were like sit down at like 6 p.m. We'd be eating by like 6 15, 6 20, our full meal, you know, like we'd have appetizer in like 10 seconds and then we'd be eating our full meal by like. See, I'm on, I'm on the other side of that coin. I honestly like sitting down and having like 45 minutes to an hour before I eat. Oh, I fucking hate that. Like have a couple of cocktails. I mean, you have been married for like a month now, so I'm sure the conversation's already getting old, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) have a conversation with the people you're at the table with. Like, I don't have a problem, but I also like to talk. You probably just sit there and stare at the fucking table and wait for your food to come so well no dude so this is actually like i generally when i by the time i go out to eat i'm fucking hungry so i don't want to sit there and fucking jibber jabber if they're like you just you just don't think ahead in general so like you think about going out to eat when you're hungry i think about like what time we should go so then like i'm not in a fucking rush i think that's where people make like the biggest mistake is waiting till they're stupid hungry to go out to eat Cause then if you don't get your food quick, you're pissed. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why I think you just, you just have to think ahead. That's why I think all time Mexican restaurants in, in America are the best because they fucking sit your ass down. They got chips and salsa right there for you. And then the margarita comes within five minutes. That's ideal for me. Yeah. And a lot of their, a lot of times the food does come out pretty quick too. Yeah. I I don't like, I don't like waiting around. Yeah, I don't mind it really at all, honestly. I like I like chilling. Like I hate when they bring your drinks back and then ask what you want to eat. Like maybe like we'll get an appetizer and chill for like 20, 30 minutes and then we order food. Like, <laughs> See, I'm fucking I'm, annoyed when they come back with my drink and don't ask me what they just <laughs> dropped the drinks off. You're just a fucking animal, dude. I'm you're like, dog, I yeah. came here to fucking eat, bro. I didn't come you're, here for you to walk away while I drink this margarita. <laughs> You're a deprived Labrador puppy. You just fucking like that. Dig your head into the the bowl of food. Like I just, we're on different wavelengths there. It's okay. Yeah, that's all right. We are. We we have to be different at some things because most of the shit we do is pretty the same. So yeah, it's too, a little too similar, kind of creepy. All right. Well, should we talk about some golf? I think this is kind of a. I know it's a drink. Will you podcast. shut your dog up, dude? It's a drinking podcast with a golf. Prop. I mean, fucking. All right, you fucking handle it then. And I give me a second. Your your dog is hey. having. <laughs> fucking shoe. Oh. Okay, so. <laughs> hey. So I think what we were gonna talk about next was the uh, the Dell match play that took place over this last weekend, which was a, a fire finish. Um, Scotty Scheffler gets his third win in 42 days is what was that correct? Yeah. 42 days. This motherfucker goes from zero wins on the PGA tour. He wins the waste management open, which we saw, which we were right there the whole time, you know, right up his in his first career dub. And who would have thought that in 42 days, that guy would be the number one player in the official world golf rankings. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. insane. Absolutely insane, dude. And and just the fact that you you watch how quickly, I mean, he's he's on the same trajectory at this point as Jordan Speak was or like Justin Thomas was. He how old is he, Spencer? You look at that up, 24, 25. Yeah. Well, so one, he's in a, he's another University of Texas product, so I could kind of see him following in Speed's footsteps a little bit there. But what were you gonna say? I was gonna say the uh 
Scotty Scheffler, there was a picture like PGA tour posted a picture of him. Uh, and just like four, I want to say four years ago, five years ago, maybe he was at the Valero Texas open. Cause that's kind of where he grew up as a fan with his girlfriend. And then it, really? it, and then it's like the same picture. She's on the left. He's on the right there. You know, they got their arms around each other and whatever. And then they went to kind of like the same spot and took the same picture. Yet he was holding the fucking trophy for the tournament. Yeah. That's pretty wild, dude. Like I just, that's what golf is nowadays. It's all these dudes that are, there's some kids in high school. I know that'll be winning in four or five years on the PGA tour. So it, it just, the younger they get, the better they get They're. I, I mean, clearly I'm obviously not even close to that level of golfer that they were because those guys are, I mean, I'm 20 or oh, Jesus. I was about to say I'm 26. I'm 27 now. Um, so I'm not even that young anymore. Like I can't even use that card. I'm, I'm, I'm young relatively for like life speaking purposes, but not for golf because there's kids four or five years younger than me that are already contending out on the PGA tour. Um, Joaquin Neiman, for example, I think he's 21 or 22, but anywho, yeah, what an impressive win. And he, the, one of the craziest parts is he almost didn't make it into the round of 16. Yeah, he, he had didn't he, have, he had like a five hole playoff or a ten hole playoff. Five hole playoff. Let's talk about this fucking nonsense for a second, because I was pissed. Because I of course had Scotty Scheffler. You guys are fucking welcome for the winner that I gave out from Mexico. Plus four fifty. God damn it. I, plus plus three fifty to top four, and then he wins the fucker. So I technically have a winner, not counted on the units, but. For the overall idea of the fact that I picked the winner, which as long as you just say Scotty Scheffler every tournament the last month, you're probably rolling in the dough. But I was pissed because so you guys talked about last week on the pod about like the format of this, how they go play pool play against three other players and then they get to the round of 16. Well, so I was watching this and I didn't know the exact way it shook out. But when I was watching it, you know, they gave the the records of each of the players and how about your guy paul casey the nice oh three three wds what a fucking dude what the fuck man i tweeted that out but yeah he he literally withdrew after one hole in the first match how does that what what what's the logic there like why even go why even why even let me throw that bet out there if you just know you're gonna show up and fucking basically quit i i think he gets a check because he technically didn't wd um but I, yeah, I think he still got paid probably 50 grand just to like talk about the ultimate um, pulling the wool over the PGA Tour's eyes. You just show up, don't give a fuck, still get paid. And you just WD after the first hole. Like his, he, his wife needed a new fucking car and he goes, Hey, honey, let's go down to the fucking, let's go down to the, the Dell. I'll, I'll withdraw all three days. We can hang out, drink, and I'll t- collect a $50,000 check. <laughs> I was going to say, dude, he probably planned a vacation with his family down to Austin and just was like, hey, I'll like they're all sitting in the hotel. He's like, hey, guys, I'll be back in like an hour. I got to go WD or, or I got to go concede this shit real quick. I'm going to go slap but, a bucket of range balls around and then concede the match. Then we, Yeah. That. Then we can go out to the pool later and maybe do some shopping. Like, what the fuck, man? That was that shit got me heated. Like and I just Paul Casey, that kind of seemed like a course for him. But anywho, go ahead. Yeah. So, um. I was pissed because I needed Scotty Scheffler obviously to get in around 16 to get to the, the final four and win my bet. And I saw that he was two and one 
Um, and he was two and one against in the same pool as Matthew Fitzpatrick, who was also two and one. But the reason Scotty was two and one and the reason Matthew Fitzpatrick lost at all was because Scotty had just throttled him on Friday. So I was like, oh, well, obviously, you know, I hadn't paid attention. I was just watching Scotty's match. He finished it real quick. I was like, well, he's two and one. And so is Matthew Fitzpatrick. So I was like, oh, Scotty's two and one with the head to head matchup. So he's obviously moving right on. And then all of a sudden I'm like following the PGA tour app and I see this fucking playoff nonsense pop up. And I'm like, what are we doing here? How does that make any sense? Does that make any sense? See, I think it makes sense to me. I don't know why it doesn't make sense. I guess. Yeah. I guess tiebreakers. Yeah. Like but, if he beat it, him. Like if, if they were both two and one and had tied each other or two Oh and one and had tied each other, that would make it make sense. But, but like, wouldn't there be a potential scenario where there could be three of them? Two all at two oh and one. Yeah. All, no, all, they like, could all they could all be one. No. Because there's three <laughs> well, matches. There's four there's four players that each play three matches. Yeah, so they could they could all be one, one, and one theoretically, and then it would be that's, a four-way four-way play. Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. So you you can't go tie goes to the runner there or fucking, you know. Uh Ty goes to the runner. Sorry, this fucking rainstorm just came in out of nowhere. I'm getting pounded at my house. Um, but is that outside I, or inside? You're getting pounded there. <laughs> uh, outside. I'm looking at it from the window. But thank you, Chief. Uh, so yeah, like I do understand why they did the playoff that way because in the event of like like I said, where there's a tie of more than one person, what are you going to do at that point? Like you can't. You can't just randomly pick a straw. You know what I mean? That So I don't blame them for having to go to that playoff, but it goes to show you like, and we cut Ryan and I talked about it last week, but that's the beauty of last tournament is there's probably, there's definitely some players that didn't make the final 16 that could have made a probably a pretty deep run. You know, it's all about the draw, the luck of the draw, who's in your, your group of four. So uh, it was definitely interesting. And, and my pick, Kevin Kisner, which was a fucking really, really close to hitting what plus 50, 6,500. Yeah. Um, which was massive. But he, he was like, like what, 32 feet or something like that. And he obviously went to the finals and almost won the thing. But it, like I said, it doesn't matter what seeds you are, you can catch a bad draw. Um, a lot of the higher seeds, it's just like the NCAA tournament. Not all the high seeds are going to advance. So it ended up being a really fun weekend to watch. Uh, Scheffler pretty much put Kisner away pretty quick. He had him like two down after four and was never, I, I don't think ever got less than two down after that. So Scheffler was just dominant all week, but Kisner to that point was super dominant. And I think the most impressive match had to be Kisner coming back on Adam Scott. He was, this was, uh, I think this was the elite eight or the, the round of eight. He was down three with four to go and won four straight holes to win on 18. Did you see any of that Spencer? Yeah, I saw him. Dude, just an absolute crusher that changes your, changes your world in match play, you know, versus regular stroke play tournament. Like you got to think like Adam Scott's like, I got him on the ropes. It's like a 40 yard shot from the bunker. I'm going to, you know, he may not even get up and down. I'm already on the green. 
And then Kisner just fucking holds it, dude. And that's, it's just such a soul momentum crusher when something like that happens where literally in match play, like when I play you in match play, I anticipate you're going to chip everything in. I anticipate you're going to slop every fucking 50 footer in and you just have to, dude, you have to mentally prepare for everything to go in. But that, that is like the legit challenge is even when you expect everything to go in and the, they're like, even if you go into the week with that mentality, like you're going to anticipate that they're going to make everything they look at in the back of your mind, you're still like 20% like, Oh, they're not going to make this. You know what I mean? There you, you're like, Oh, they're going to make, it's almost like reverse, reverse psychology where you plan on them making it, but then you don't plan on them making it. And you're like, well, now that I don't think they're going to make it, they might make it. So maybe I'm just a fucking basket case, but yeah, those are huge momentum killers because especially that bunker shot, like Kisner's, it wasn't like a greenside flip. It was like a 20-yard carry, which is one of the hardest bunker shots. I'd actually like to know what he used there. But then, uh, and that was on 15, I want to say, to win that hole, like he needed that. And then he ended up winning it, winning the final four holes to beat out Adam Scott and obviously made a run at the finals. Um, so, and the cool thing was too, like, I really like Kisner and I've talked about this before, but he's one of my favorite guys to watch because I can relate most to his game um, out of a lot of guys on tour. So he's just not a very long hitter, but he's very methodical. He's got great control over his ball. He puts it really well. Um, so Kisner made the comment where I think it was after the Saturday and he goes, they asked him like why the course suits him and, whatever, maybe it was after Friday. I can't remember which day, but he was like, this is one of the few courses on tour where I don't step up to the first tee and feel like I'm at a disadvantage. Like he mentioned, I forget who he played in one of his matches. It might've been Luke List or something like that. But he goes on one of the par threes, I hit six iron, he hit nine iron. Like that's how big of a difference it was. And these are like tour guys, you know, there's a difference when you're out playing with your buddies and you're hitting six and they're hitting nine because they just because they hit it long doesn't mean they're good. But when you're on tour and a guy hits it that long and he has that kind of control over his golf ball, you're at a massive disadvantage. So just to give a little perspective, Kisner is hitting six versus another his his playing opponents uh, nine iron, which is a huge, huge yardage discrepancy. But he still was like, I don't feel like I'm at a disadvantage. It's one of the few courses out here where I feel like I have as good a shot as anybody because there's a lot of dog legs. There's a lot of work in the ball. There's a lot of placement of shots and layups on par fours. Like there was a par four that was like 370 and everybody, I don't think a single person at driver there all week. So it just goes to show you like on a normal tour event, there's a 370 yard par four. There's going to be a lot of guys trying to drive that green or get up right near it. I don't know if there's a single driver hit on that hole this week. So there's, there's some really like, it's not that long of a course. So it's, it's not, it's not short and it's not long. I think it's set between 72 and 73, but there's, it it takes the, the driving distance capability out of it, if that makes sense, which I, I for one really enjoy. (coughs) Yeah. Well, a couple other Kisner notes. Uh, What did you see? When he was playing Scotty Scheffler, uh, Scotty Scheffler had a shot on that short par four. I think it's 15. 
which he had actually rinsed it against Dustin Johnson trying to hit driver when he was up four and he was starting to like wheels were coming off. But uh, Kisner was like 110 yards out and Scotty was like 90 yards out and Kisner hit a shot onto the green and then just typical match play mind fuck fashion. He starts walking all the way up to the green without like letting Scotty hit just to mark his ball. And so Scotty's waiting the whole time while Kiz is walking all the way up to the green ends up marking his ball and then getting out of the way. So Scotty could hit. So, yeah. And I, I did see that, but the only thing is, did he like, was there no communication that he was going to do that? It, as far as I could tell from the TV cameras, it looked like Scotty was like readying to hit and Kisner just kept walking. And then okay. Scotty, well, Scotty had to like back off. Well, yeah. And I, I, <laughs> I mean, that's definitely a little bit gamesmanship there, but I still really like that because if Scotty hits his ball and it somehow knocks it closer to the hole for Scotty and Kisner just has to replace it where it was at, you know what I mean? That, that could put him at a potential disadvantage. So from that distance, you know, there, those guys are that dialed in where there's a good chance Scotty could hit Kisner's ball. But yeah, I mean, what the other Kisner quote was because he likes to play mind games and take little jabs and, and get in the other dude's head, his quote on match play was, my goal is to get them thinking about what I'm doing, not about what they're doing. Like, and that is just, it's so simple, but it's genius. Like, the more you, and that's what sucks about golf, is the more you're like a douche, the more people focus on you. You know, like, the more time and, and, and eyes you get on you when you act like an idiot. Like, if you just act all normal and chill and cool out on the golf course, nobody really like pays attention to you. But when you do shit like that, people take notice and then they start watching you. And then like, definitely your, your playing partner can just be like, what the fuck? Like start getting worked up about it. And then he's more worried about what you're doing than what he's doing. So I think that's genius. Yeah. Well, I, I know from just my match play, life that's how i get i'm like dude this guy's being a fucking asshole or he's like oh who's out oh you're out and i'm like dude yeah you know like i'm too soft i that's i don't have like the bulldog golf yeah like i'll hit the i'll hit the shots but i can't like be the dick like i feel you well real quickly i gotta tell everybody a story about you um the first time you ever played match play at spring valley when you're like 18 so we have a match play like a men's league match play out at Spring Valley where it's a single elimination uh, field of like 64 and you can play a match like once every two weeks and it eventually gets down to the winner and we pay the winner out and everything. And Spencer, when he was like 18, played in the match play. And this is how mentally <clears throat> soft he is. You were playing a dude who was like 60 at the time. Yeah, probably close uh, to that. Fucking yeah. archaeologist. Yeah, an archaeologist, he shows up to the first tee with two different shoes on. And Spencer is never right from that. Like I, I couldn't he, fucking focus. He couldn't look at the dude with two different shoes on. So he lost the match and he comes in and he's like, dude, he had two fucking different shoes on. I can't believe what I just watched. And I was like, you could, really couldn't get past the fact he had two different shoes on? So I thought that was fucking hilarious. Like, well, and let's but, clarify here so I don't look like a complete fucking idiot. It was a net match. Yeah, so this guy's getting popped. So I'm not yeah. straight up losing to no 60 year old fucking unmatching his goddamn shoes. 
straight up. What? How many did you have to give him? I think I had to give him like, I think I was like a roughly a three, a two or a three. And he was like a 12. So right around 10, eight to 10, somewhere in there. Somewhere he, in that ballpark. He just kept parring me to death, bro. I couldn't do it. Well, yeah, I just thought that was hilarious. Cause I, I'll, I'll remember that till the day I die. But anywho, uh, big congrats to Scotty Scheffler. Kisner was awesome. The whole week was awesome. Uh, was there any other storylines we really missed out on with the? Well, a, cu- a couple more things I want to get into with Scotty Scheffler. I wanted to ask you a little trivia. So we're going to play a little trivia game here with you. Okay. All right. So now, as I mentioned at the beginning of the pod, Scotty Scheffler is the official number one golfer in the world. And I'm looking at a, a graphic of every male number one world golfer since 1986. I'm not going to ask you to name all of them, but the last, I'm going to go to the last two lines. So the last 10 guys, let's see how many of those guys you can name. They're all currently on a year and on there. So this isn't, it doesn't say in order. It just has from 1986 has like Bernhard Langer, Seve, Norman, Faldo, et cetera, et cetera. But these last, the last 10 guys, even 11, 12, 13, most of these guys are still on tour up to like 15, but the last 10 guys are all, I would say under 40 or pretty close to 40. Let's see if you can, how many you can name world okay. number ones. So we got okay. Scotty. So you got one. Yeah. So, I mean, Tiger's obviously in there. Well, he's technically, I don't know how this is. Er- he, he's not in the last 10. But yeah, he's okay. So you're saying literally just the last 10 to be world number one. Yes. I don't know exactly how this is rated, but because I think it's maybe when they started becoming world number one. Um, Okay. I I don't know. I don't know how it is in order by name or what, but it looks like the last 10 guys are in order. So, okay. So Dustin Johnson's in there. Yep. Uh, Jordan Speets in there. Yep. Um, Is Justin Thomas in there? No. No. Yes, he is. No, yep, he is. So we got Jordan, okay. Justin, Don, Dustin, Justin. Uh, who? Well, who became? Who was world number one for all this time until Scheffler? Oh, John Rom. Yep. So you've got um, Rom, Scheffler, Johnson, Jordan, Justin. So we've got five more. Uh, Adam Scott. Yep, he's in there. Okay. Uh, Luke Donald. He's the one and the 11th. So he's right okay. up that, out of the okay. top. Yep. Um, fuck, I'm just too good for this list. <laughs> no, uh, dude, yeah, I, I'm kind of like having a bit of a brain fart now. Uh, that's kind of the extent of that's as, that's all I got. What give me, give me like a hint. Okay. Uh, this guy, the two of your or three of your last, only one of your last four is from America. Okay, so there's three non-Americans. Yep. Oh shit. This guy has won everything but a masters. Oh, oh Rory. Good God. Yeah. Rory, yep. Jesus, that was bad. Uh this other um, guy wins every US Open he enters. Brooks Kepka. <laughs> okay, perfect. Yeah. So now we're down to two. <laughs> um, I honestly, one guy is just like the one of the nicest guys on tour. One of your favorite English English players. Okay. Oh, Henrik Stenson. No. 
Maybe yeah. he's not English. He he won a I, I well I mean Henrik won a lot there like five or six years ago. I didn't know if he got into that world number one spot or not. Every year this um, everybody says this guy's gonna win the Masters and he never does. Sergio? No, he's even had oh. multiple first round leads there. Okay, I'm having a including the 2019 Masters when Dustin Johnson won or the 2020. First round leader of that. Oh, Masters. Francesco? No. First round leader, shot 65. Oh, Louis Oosthuizen. No. All right, this oh. is about done. Justin Rose. Oh, oh, dude, Rosie fell off the map. Yeah, he's English, but really, like, I figured, yeah. good God. Okay, who's the last one? The last one, I had no clue this guy was ever that good, but Jason Day. Oh, yeah. He, okay. Yeah. I wouldn't have guessed that. You could have told me an Aussie, but I would have probably guessed Cameron Smith before Jason Day. Like, Jason Day has just fallen off. He, I mean, he's always had the chronic back issues and shit, but he's just gotten to the point where he's fallen off kind of the face of the earth a little bit. He was kind of a little bit of a flash in the pan. So, um, he needs to fix that backswing if you want to. I think he actually finally has fixed his backswing. And he's not retaining that that trail knee flex. So he's not putting as much pressure on his lower back anymore. But, uh, yeah, I, I could see him popping again here soon. But he's just one of those dudes where it's like feast or famine. He gets stupid hot. He can get to number one in the world. Or he's he's slumming it not even, not even near the top 50. You know what I mean? There's no in between for him. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, it's just kind of interesting to see, like, and everybody, I guess there was kind of a stink of people that were like, oh, how could he become the world number one that quick and this and that. And, you know, I, I don't know. I Winning three times in five events just seems pretty, you know, I know Victor Hovland kind of had that run earlier this year. Hovland um, went from like 40 some to eight. But right? granted, they're DP world tour events that he's winning, which like it or not, it's just not the same competition because all the best players from there want to be playing on the PGA tour. But yeah, that's true. Still pretty crazy as Scotty Scheffler. Uh, the only last note I had on Scotty Scheffler is just kind of wanted to get into a, a little bit of his swing. Uh, I was talking with some members about it. They did a really cool slow-mo. Our boy, John Conti, he was all about it. So uh, talk a little bit about Scotty Scheffler's movement in his feet, which we generally like, generally it's not something I would try to teach 99% of people, right? Yeah. It's not something you teach, but if it naturally happens, like, I mean, you look at the dudes um, like Scotty. I mean, I would say his foot actions along the same lines as like Bubba Watson, as much as I hate to say it, or like Patrick Reed, which we have talked about in the past. But when you see all his foot action, what ultimately is happening there is when he comes down and he's pulling that front left heel straight back and around him, that's stemming from that left hip pulling back and around him and not laterally moving towards his target. So once his lead hip gets up to the, like the outside of his left foot line, um, his left hip basically goes straight back and around him like that. So that means uh, his feet are not super quiet, but that's okay because as long as your weight is in the proper spot, like all his weight is still in that left heel, but he's rotating so fiercely that that left foot has no chance to stay in the same place. So it has to kind of almost pick up and move out of the way for him ultimately to get all the way over to that left side completely. So 
definitely not like some I would imitate, but then it kind of goes along the same lines where people are like, Oh, are you for a right-handed golfer? Are you not supposed to lift up your right heel? It's almost kind of the same movement, or I'm sorry, your left heel uh, at, at the top of your backswing. Like, is that okay? And there's been plenty of really, really good golfers that have lifted up that left heel. I think Ben Hogan was one of the most famous ones for it um, because you're getting so much of that weight over into your right heel on the way back and you're completely straightening out that right leg. You're not retaining any flexion in your right knee, um, which is creating more torque because your range of motion is effectively bigger and your hands can get deeper around you. Um, it just creates that much more speed, that much more power. And then when he's coming on the way through, like I said, he's pulling so much of his momentum back and around him to the left that his left foot has to move like it doesn't really have a choice so that like I said it's not necessarily a teachable thing but if you get to that point where your hips are clearing that hard and you feel your left leg kind of sliding back and around you but you, you have pressure on it and it's still coming back and around you that's an okay thing like I would actually encourage that because some people feel like they have to keep their foot planted in the ground so they never really get all the way to that left side because they're so worried about keeping their feet still and their knees and their hips still. So it, it all kind of stems from his hip action, but uh, it's, it's a, a powerful tool. And I mean, he uses it really well, but there's a few of his follow throughs that look like a little janky. They look a little like off balance, but he's kind of working all his weight over to that left heel. So sometimes you can get a little bit off balance. Um, so it might not look, that aesthetically pleasing but it clearly gets the job done yeah well there was a i think somebody was like talking shit about scotty scheffler and they're like uh this is this this is the golf swing of the number one golfer in the world and it was like one of his not great swings where he kind of like let go of the club a little bit but just watching like his feet move around as you said it's not really teachable but it's something that he probably got to a point where he's like yo like i don't want to stop creating this power and limit myself to keeping my left, you know, my left foot fully planted in the ground, I need to get a way to not snap my knee and, you know, make it out. And, and. Oh, totally. Well, and I've even like rolled one time I was following through and fully like rolled my ankle, like sprained it bad because I got so far into my left side, but I didn't let my left leg or my left foot pull back that I rolled out onto my outside of my left foot. And I heard a pop, like it was fucking terrible. So I'd much rather have people pulling that left foot back around you than getting so far over to that. Like Jordan Spieth has a tendency to do that. And that's when he gets too caught with his left hip too high in transition and falling through with that left hip way outside of his, his left foot line um, is when he rolls up onto that left ankle. And you'll see a lot of times it's like rolled over. And I definitely wouldn't recommend that for uh for your average golfer. Cause that can hurt like a MF or like I, like I just said, I've done it before. It is not fun. Exactly. Didn't Jordan Spieth go to Texas, like with Scotty Scheffler? Uh, I think Spieth. Uh, yeah. Maybe Spieth was a senior when, uh, Scheffler is a freshman. Is, is Texas in the final four? No, no, they are not because it is an absolutely blue blood final four Villanova, 
Duke, UNC, and Kansas. And all the college basketball fans can join in on the action with the biggest tournament of the year on none other than DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn any team's victory into your own win. All these new customers, all you have to do is download the DraftKings app, use that promo code DNVR. You bet $5 on any team to win. I'm personally taking Coach K, getting some revenge this week. Duke was not happy about their last game at Cameron Indoor as Coach K was leaving the floor and they lost to their arch rivals, UNC. Uh, it's, it's spoken about, but Mitchell and I have been big Duke fans since we were kids. We don't still claim them as I'm not sitting around parading to Final Four, but we definitely, the Greg Paulus, John Shire, uh, all those days, we were definitely big Duke fans and have constantly paid attention to them. So uh, Blue Blood Final Four, but DraftKings Sportsbook, you can also win. Um, one of the coolest things about DraftKings Sportsbook, you can also do those same game parlays and do them in college hoops. So you can combine multiple bets from the same game and add to a bigger payout. So take Duke money line, get yourself that $200 in free bets, and then toss down some same game parlays. I'm predicting personally a Duke Villanova final with Duke hoisting the trophy in Coach K's last season. It's going to be absolutely unsufferable, uh, insufferable for anyone watching uh, the four, the big four letter after Duke wins the national title. But Kansas looks really good. I'm just picking Villanova to be different. But DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw cash whenever you want. Put it on your credit card. Do whatever you want to do with those winnings. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code DNVR and bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win this week at DraftKings Sportsbook with that promo code DNVR. You must be 21 or older, so if you can have a beer, you can bet. Colorado only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, before we finish up this pod with a couple of uh, maybe a fairway or four segment and a tweet of the week segment, which a lot of good uh, cutting room floor stuff this week, but we finally decided on one. Let's talk a little bit about the Valero Texas open and uh, Jordan Spieth's heyday and his playing grounds where he seems to always win. Yeah. Well, so this is kind of the tournament where he found his mojo back last year where he won, um, for the first time again in a little while, he'd hit that, that skid and he won last year here at the Valero and had a great season last year. And it's kind of back now. I mean, I wouldn't call him back, back to where he was, but he's, uh, he definitely took that Valero win last year and kind of ran with it and it catapulted him in the right direction. So yeah, it's a, it's a really good tournament. Actually they're celebrating their hundredth season this year or their hundredth year this, this year. I don't really know how to put that um anniversary maybe yeah and a hundredth anniversary <laughs> thank you I'm so uh I'm so unfamiliar with anniversaries that I don't even know what that word means um but anywho the the course plays about 7,500 yards um so relatively long for for sea level purposes um it definitely gets a little sticky down there in Texas especially with it warming up this time of year so the ball isn't really going to be going that far. It, I wouldn't consider it crazy long, but it's definitely not short. Let's put it that way. Um, and the one thing is that everybody knows if you play golf in Texas, the wind, no matter where you're at, can get gnarly. So the wind always plays a factor. 
because generally like the last five, six years, um, if it's windy, you can see a direct reflection on the final score. Like the winner has been anywhere from eight to 12 under par when it's windy to up to like 20 under par when it's pretty calm. So something to keep an eye out for is definitely the wind, the weather, um, seeing how low these guys can go. And, and this is the last chance for the guys to qualify for the masters. So, you know, they're all making that late push. Any dude that has not already gotten in the masters is pushing for a spot. So they're trying to get the W this week. We've got a lot of pretty big names, some notable big names that are yet to be in the masters, um, playing in the Valero this week. So it's always a good one. Yeah. And it's one of those where you, uh, you feel like that players really try to like tune their game up, but, and I don't know, you never, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say you don't want to win this tournament and then go into the masters on a win because winning back-to-back weeks is relatively impossible. I don't think any of the players think that way as far as going like, Oh, I don't, I don't want to win this tournament, but I think this is a tournament where, you know, other than Jordan Spieth dominating like he does in Texas, generally, like you said, it's a, it's a real big course for the wind. So players have to control their golf ball. Um, there's going to be a lot of guys that are just trying to, you know, figure out where their game is at essentially going into the next week. Like it's a look ahead tournament. And so this is a tournament where guys that maybe are looking to keep their, P, you know, PGA tour card and just try basically trying guys like Charlie Hoffman, Lucas Glover, Honor Bon Lahiri, you know, all Dude, Charlie games. Hoffman's got the fucking Saudi tour. He doesn't need the PGA anymore. Okay. Well, other than Charlie Hoffman, <laughs> like, look, looking at the, you I'm know, the result. I No, I, I, I totally get what you're saying. Cause there's, there's plenty of dudes in the field where it's kind of split down the middle where not even down the middle, but there's a group of like 20 or 30 guys that, already are like very secure on tour that are just looking to get in the masters. And then the rest of the field's like, fuck, I mean, this isn't that crazy of a field. Maybe I can get a big, uh, a really nice high finish and make some money towards my tour card next year. So, yeah. Like looking at the tournament, you know, last year, the results. So Jordan Spieth won, of course, then you have uh Saudi, Saudi, Charlie Hoffman. And then you got guys like Matt Wallace, Lucas Glover, Anderman Lahiri, Chris Kirk, Brant Snedeker, Patton Kazire, Sebastian Munoz, you know, guys like that, that now they're, you know, they're all semi, not big names, but they're, they're players that are not guaranteed to play on tour every single year, back-to-back years. So this is one of those tournaments where they're like, Hey, maybe a weaker field. Uh, maybe I feel like I can go to Texas and, and win and I have the game for it. So it's, it's an interesting tournament, especially looking at the betting angle for us and trying to pick matchups or trying to pick who we think is going to win because, if you know and i think we've talked about it last year when we previewed the masters whoever wins this tournament like rory's the the all-in-all favorite to win this tournament which i i understand like betting rory i understand that he's probably one of the best players he's definitely one of the best players in the field if not the best is he playing the best golf right now and he kind of has plateaued a little bit since his little run late last year but me personally i'm not touching a golfer with a field that big at plus 750. I'm just not doing it. Yeah, I think just the fact and that's the tough thing about handicapping golf is when you have a guy like Rory that's in the field at at a somewhat limited field event like that, everybody if he's not that low of odds, everybody's going to be betting on him and obviously 
Vegas's goal was to get the money even between everybody. So when you have a, a huge name like Rory in the field that um, I would say he's playing better golf than like guys like Jordan Spieth and a few of the other guys at the top of the board, um, you know, he's going to get so heavily bet. So that's why the odds I think are where they sit, but I totally agree because why would you, why would you ever bet on somebody and watch? We're going to say this shit. He's going to go win this week. Like that would just be our fucking luck. But it's so rare that you see a guy with that, that small of odds actually go win. Like it, it's not worth the odds wise to bet on golf and to bet on the clear cut favorites every week. Cause you're not going to end up making that much money. Maybe we can do like a, a dive on, what every dude's odds has been to win so far this year. Cause that would be pretty interesting. Cause honestly, like golf is not a huge favorites will win more times than not, but like percentage wise, it's not a guarantee. You know what I mean? There's, there's no guarantee that you, you, there could be a dude plus 300 to win and he could still not win. So yeah, it's a very, very interesting thing. And obviously you and I have, we had a decent week last week, but we've taken it in the fucking shorts so far uh, gambling this season. And it's just so unpredictable because you have guys that you think are going to do well that don't. And then we have guys that top who we bet are going to top 10 and they win like Scheffler this last week. And we've done that before this year. So now, I, I think, think we've that, done that. For, I think we've done that four times this where year. We take a top 10 and it's a winner. Exactly. That's fucking painful. But yeah, it's, I definitely wouldn't be touching any of the, I, I take that back because my pick to win it is Jordan Spieth, but he is, because I, I think what it is, is he plays so well here, but then I know he's not going to win the Masters, so he doesn't give a shit. He just wants to get another W. Um, it says DeChambeau's in the field. Yeah. Bryson DeChambeau's oh. in the field. What a treat that would be to watch his, his dog shit. Um, but yeah, you've got guys like Ian Poulter, uh, Patton Kazire, uh, Jason Day, I don't think's in the Masters, Keegan Bradley, Gary Woodland, uh, just guys like that. Where or I think Gary's got to be in because he just won the US Open two years ago, right? Yeah, he Gary's in it, Gary's in the field, Gary. Okay, Gary's in, but then there's just a few guys kind of hanging out in the middle there, like. I know Matt Jones has won there before and he's plus 13,000. So that I didn't see that, but that could be a, a decent dabble if you're looking for something like how is Cameron champ in the masters? That just blows my mind. He's plus 18,000 to win this week. It's cause he um, just snuck in this last week to the top 50 in the world. Oh, so, okay. Okay. So if you're, you're top 50 in the world as of March 28th, which is yesterday you get that invitation to the masters. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Um, Jonas Blix. Does that name ring a bell? It does. That's a, that's an oldie. I think he's won here before he's plus 40,000 to win. <laughs> that what? Is, that is beautiful. Holy shit. Like 40,000. Honestly, that's not a bat. He's plus 2,800 to top 10. <laughs> Like, holy shit, that that could be something we're doing a deep dive on and maybe throw, tossing a few dollars on that because that those odds are unbelievable. And that's – we're going to take a, a page out of uh, Dre's book because he I know he loves value. 
And we definitely like a good value. So you look at some of the past champions, and like we said, this tournament is not a not necessarily a blue bloods only event. There's a lot of mid mid level, mid tier, bottom tier tour guys um, that are playing this week. But with how good every dude is, you never know who's going to go out and play well. Like Matthew Neesmith is fucking like in the bottom third odds wise, like plus odds wise. Um, and he played really well uh, at the, at the Valspar. So, you know, you just really never know who's going to go out and do it. And that's why it's been so goddamn frustrating for us. Cause we just can't seem to get it dick so far this year, but I will say Cameron Smith, I'm turning it around all around because Cameron Smith's winning the masters and I will definitely be purchasing that ticket. I'll be tweeting it out. Uh, and we are going to hit that this year. He's fucking winning the Masters. Yeah, I I don't disagree with you. We're going all in on that. That may be like a five-unit play just to absolutely blow the water out. He's played well there. He's playing I'm dropping well. my whole unit on the table yeah, for Cameron like Smith. He is, he is ready to win it. But uh, real quick, before we get into our Big Bet Energy picks for this week's Valero Texas Open, we 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 remiss to not talk about Tiger Woods being seen at Augusta today. What do you think? Give me your thoughts. I know you're about to fucking wet blanket the shit out of this, so give it to me. <laughs> I'm not wet blanketing the shit out of this. It's, Joey's I, there, it's, dude. He's down there. He flew down there with Tiger. Tiger's playing Augusta. He's he's practicing today. What do you think, dude? No, it'll be a wet. Like I think, <laughs> I think it's electric. Like I think that's awesome. But I just don't want the coverage to be about him all fucking week. You know, it's show the players who are playing well. And if he's playing well, great, show him. But goddamn, he if he shoots 80 the first day and they're showing every single shot of him struggling to walk around, probably holding his lower back, I can't handle that shit, dude. And I know it's a good story, obviously. It's fucking Tiger Woods at the Masters. But, like, seriously, I I love the hype. And it's actually funny because people are actually betting on him to win. And we can save these receipts if he does somehow miraculously win. But I would be willing to risk like like a big cat type of like left pinky bet. If Tiger Woods, I don't really know. Okay, I'll go with this. If Tiger Woods wins the Masters, I'll shave my head. Yes. Straight up. You heard it here first. Big drive. You can even give me a cul-de-sac. You can shave the top and leave the sides. Oh, I can go full like rookie NFL haircut on you. I can do it. Yeah. Just do what you can. You can give me a haircut. However you want to give me a haircut. Tiger Woods wins the masters. Oh my God. I want this more than I wanted it already. (laughs) Well, our friend, uh, Justin Cernad, Denver Broncos linebacker. He tweeted out, come on at masters. Let tiger use a cart. What would you think about that scenario? Oh, it'd be even more of a spectacle. Fuck. Like if he wins the masters with a fucking cart, <laughs> I think that would be even better. That yeah, I mean that would be pretty dope, honestly. But he rolls up nope. to the fucking Dude. 18th green in a cart and fucking parks it on the side, no handicap sticker, no nothing. He like rolls, rolls he 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 pulls up like one wheel on the fringe, one on the edge of the green, like zero fucks, just <laughs> driving it wherever he wants like parks it in a fucking bunker driving up on the tee boxes and shit i mean the only thing like casey martin was the last guy to get a cart at the u.s open which was actually tiger's teammate 
at Stanford, uh, well, history lesson for those of you who don't know, but he played in the U.S. Open at Olympic Field or Olympic Club. Uh, well, it was the year Webb Simpson won it, so like 2012, 2013, somewhere in that ballpark. And they let him use a cart because basically he has like half use of his left leg. Like I think he had like I think he has like must like multiple sclerosis or something. Like he has like a legitimate physical issue. Tigers all drugged up, runs his car off the road. That's not a reason to get a fucking golf cart. I'm sorry, but you don't crap. If I could do that, I'd crash my car tomorrow and then go try to play in everything in a golf cart. Oh, dude, you know, people do that all the time at our golf course. We've made a TikTok about it. They want a cart because they're fucking their their heel hurts because they, yeah, they want they a handicap flag. They step too hard on one on one of their steps at home. Yeah, I, I just I mean, it would be absolutely hilarious to see Tiger rolling around in a cart up and down those fairways. Um I wonder if the caddy would hop on too, or they'd make him hoof it. Cause imagine like the easiest paycheck you ever made. That's like me for caddy and out a car at a golf club. What I just fucking get, get a little drunk and hop on the back of that golf cart. Let's go with this. Let's make a, we can make a pact, not a pact. Um, we can come to an agreement. We can come to a middle ground because I agree with you. I, I'm all for the tiger coverage, but not when he's eight over. Um, you know, so let's, let's go to a middle ground. Let's go. Tiger plays. He misses the cut, but he's like one off of missing the cut. So he's one or two over for two days. He does play the, the real golfers that are balling out, get all the love on the weekend, but he gets Thursday, Friday. What about that? Is that a, is that an agreement? Is that a, is that an okay thing? Yeah, I would hate that for sure. Um, that would probably be like the best scenario. Cause I just, if he makes the cut and he's 12 shots off the lead, he's still going to take up 70% of the weekend coverage, which well, I, dude, that's what happened in the, the last masters he played in. Remember that? Like he was, I, I want to say like he was just shitting himself on Sunday and then he, he was, he became the first ever player to birdie the last five holes. He made like the 10 or whatever on 12. On yeah. He, three. he made like, I think he made like an eight or a 10 there. And then he, yeah, he birdied the last five. We became the first ever player to do that. So he's still electric, but I don't want that coverage on a Sunday when we're trying to watch the leaders. Exactly. That's all I'm getting at is I don't have a problem with him playing in anything. He's the goat or kind of the goat, but um, shout out Jack Nicholas. Uh, oh God. He's obviously one of the best of all time. I don't have a problem with him playing it. He's still fun to watch, but just give everybody the equal coverage, like equality. The, we stand if, for yeah, equality. I'm, I'm all about equality, and that's that's all I want is I want to, and when Cameron Smith's leading coming down the stretch on Sunday, I want to see Tiger Woods fucking three over par, limping his way into the clubhouse. That's all I'm saying. Love it. That's all I'm saying. That's, that's what the fuck I'm saying. All right, let's, let's get down to uh, real quick our big bet energy picks for the Valero Texas Open. I'll just run through both of our picks really quick. Um, so we're we're going back to our players card. So we're going to start doing this more often. I think uh, we're going to go because we only had so limited options for the um, Dell match play. We're going to switch it up a little bit. So this week we're each picking a winner. My winner this week, I'm going to ride the same guy I rode last week. He made it into the final 16, but then lost. Uh, he made it in the final eight even actually and lost before the final four. Abraham answer at plus 2,200. Mitchell's winner 
You're looking at Jordan Spieth, as he said, plus 1,400. All right, on to my uh, the top 10 pick for this week. We got Kevin Streelman at plus 600. We've got a top 20 pick, Matthew Neesmith at plus 350. We've got a matchup for you. So we got Keegan Bradley over Siwoo Kim, even odds, plus 100. And then we've got our long shot. Mitchell loves this guy, loves to bet on him every week. Ian Poulter at plus 6,000. So make sure you lock those in. I don't know if he's in the Masters, but he's looking to get in there. And what a week it would be for him to win the Valero and then head on down to Augusta, Georgia. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. All right, into fairway or four for this week. So recapping the fairway or four from last week um, with Mitchell and RK, uh, they, they got off onto a little tangent talking about cereal. And uh, we've got uh, two here. So we've got one first, the Kansas City Chiefs are the third best team in the AFC West, currently sitting at 58% fairway, 42% four. So the people are agreeing with you. We've got a little, a slight edge to the fairway on that one. The people have spoken. And Cinnamon Life is a top three cereal. The people are uh, currently not agreeing with that. That has got 53% four, 47% fairway. So closer than I thought. I mean, I didn't know how many people even were. I, Ryan was lucky I knew about Cinnamon Life because I don't feel like it's that popular of a cereal, but it is fire if you ever tried it. Yes, yeah, Cinnamon Life. Life was all the way to go. Always. Like once I was introduced, Life cha- cereal literally changed my life. Uh, that's a great pun great pun well well done moving on to our fairway or four for this week uh i will start um i was on the plane and there's a lot of things that people do in the airport on the plane that drive me insane but we're gonna start with this one we're gonna so i think being on the like getting off the plane or just being on the plane in general and not having headphones in and not talking to anyone else is psycho shit like not watching shit. yeah like i'm glad you agree with me because like this dude sitting next to us was just like sitting there kind of just like staring not sleeping no nothing just like kind of staring and i think that's ultimate psycho shit yeah that's that's a red flag for sure i'm gonna go four on that um if there's been a few times where i've forgotten headphones on a flight and they've been the worst flights of my life so uh yeah there's no chance like it's basically like public transportation. Why, why do you want to sit there and fucking take, I mean, I guess you can look out the window if you have the window seat, but that's not going to take up two, three, four hours. Fuck that. No, I had the window motherfucker. That window Mother- seats on me. I got you. Yeah. I'm a big aisle seat guy. So I can get drunk and pee eight times. Um, so my fairway or four for this week is going to be, I'm going to stick with a breakfast food kind of theme here, but I think that sunny side up eggs are disgusting. Like when I don't mind a runny yolk, like basically a sunny side up egg is when you never flip it. So like the yolk side, you know, like the white, like the, um, you know how there's the egg white, but then there's like the, the, sack around the yolk like the white like sack like it it's clear but it sits a little bit higher i don't know what the technical term is (laughs) yeah but it's runny like it's very runny um and if that's like if you don't flip the egg and that's just sitting there runny that's basically like eating a raw egg like i think that's fucking gross if you don't flip your eggs to me 
I'm I'm not eating it. So I don't know. Uh, flat out, like you, you can miss me with shit. that. Yeah, that's like some 1950s shit. Like when you go into your local diner and say, "I want them sunny side up." I'm not. No, like I I'm sorry, but I just can't do sunny side up eggs. Just, what do you think about that, Spencer? Oh, I'm with you. I'm just a scrambled egg guy. I don't fuck with ordering anything else. I don't really know the technical terms for it. Aren't you like allergic to eggs? Technically, I got this like Everly Well test. And yes, I'm allergic to eggs, but it's one of the very few things I can actually eat. Um, And especially for breakfast. So I'm going to continue to eat eggs. Sorry. That's that's fair. I don't blame you. Not sorry about it. You have nobody to be sorry to but yourself. So exactly. My just my poor tummy. Well, real quick, let's get that tweet of the week. Um, we had some pretty good ones this week, but a case of the golf one, our our dude uh, Monday qualify Monday Q info. If you guys are um, golf fans, shout go follow him. Like he's hilarious. There's so much good content. Yeah, his shit is so fire. He basically covers all the dudes that are are not in the limelight every week they're grinding it out for monday qualifiers they're they're trying to get in the field every week trying to somehow earn their status so yeah it's uh it's always fun to follow him spencer do you have that tweet in front of you didn't i send it to you i do have it right oh yeah i'm sorry it's in my twitter dm since i sent it to you i got it right here so he got invited so i don't even really know his real name it's just monday q info he got invited to the masters in two weeks um like legitimately had to turn down an invite to the masters because he's having hemorrhoid surgery on friday like talk about all-time worst thing to have to turn down a master's invite for getting surgery on your ass so he goes having butt surgery Friday, forget thoughts and prayers, send whiskey and edibles. And the gif is this chick like in pain that goes, my hemorrhoids are really bad right now. Shit is hilarious. Um, is there Spencer, tell me one thing real quick. What is one, if you could, well, I mean, you can go to the masters, but if you had a master's trip set up, is there anything that could stop you from going to the master's? Maybe having a child. Okay. Well, yeah, let's, let's talk about like non, non like obvious things. Anything physical? No. Like if I couldn't get, unless I physically couldn't walk and I had to, even if I had to be in a wheelchair, I'd fucking go. But I'm saying, okay, you didn't, you, you didn't understand the assignment here. No, I did not. I miss, I am not. The, well, like the only, like the only thing I would maybe choose over that is like if the abs were in the Stanley cup or the nuggets were in the NBA finals, um, obviously they don't fall on the same time, but that's all I was saying. Like, is there an event that you would miss the masters for? Is that oh, pretty much I think the, holy the next Broncos super bowl, which is tw- coming up here in 2023. Yes. I would miss, I would go to the super bowl over having a chance to go to the masters. So I think we can agree that only really the Denver sports teams being in their respective championships would stop us from missing the masters. Exactly. Would you quit your job? Yeah. Fuck a job. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I I mean, I don't disagree with you. I was just curious if, if you're given an ultimatum to quit your job to go to the masters, No. but no, (laughs) fuck them shifts. Fuck them. Wow. Fuck them kids. 
And just like that, we are also out. You guys enjoy your weekend. Thank you for listening to Big Drive Energy. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. And if you haven't yet, if you're listening to this on Apple Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, whatever, make sure to give us a rating. Even if you think our podcast is shit, I, am, I appreciate you listening still, but give us a one star, give us a five star. Uh, comments are always welcome. Hit us up on Twitter at Big Drive Energy, on Instagram at Big Drive Energy Pod. We appreciate hearing from you guys and the interactions makes our job more fun and makes this doing all this more fun. So thank you guys all for tuning in. Have a great weekend. And we'll talk to you next week with our official 2022 masters preview. Peace. Peace.